Tuesdays are for troublemakers. That's why yes. we are glad you're here. We're ready to make some trouble talking about hacked Teslas, Home Depot seeing fewer customers and people prefer buying cars at a dealership. Everywhere I go, the people really want to know. Don't leave the hype, Kyle. Be, they stop and stare when they see me. Uh, mm. wants no need to repeat. Uh, I get deep on a Tuesday. Yeah, I look. <laughs> today's today's layers of stories across the news verse have me really excited, <laughs> intrigued. I think there's there's some things to draw out of it that perplexed are a little bit. <laughs> yeah, a little perplexed. Yes, all these adjectives that, that I well. want to just throw into there. No. <laughs> oh, oh man. So let's get to it. Hey, look, Paul. I we I don't want to get into this too much because I'm going to have some jealousy here. Okay, <laughs> you're going. To VCon this week. And I know that we've kind of glanced over this over the last few days and weeks, and you talked about it a while back, and you were like, I'm going to VCon. I got one of the original NFTs. I'm in, right? But explain a little what you're excited about, what you're going to see hopefully this week to the people that may not understand what this whole outside of automotive realm of like conference life looks like. Yeah, I'm so excited for this on multiple levels. Um, if you don't know, I'm, I've been following Gary Vaynerchuk, uh, the entrepreneur, and I don't even know how to even label him. He's a force of nature, was in the Vayner Mentors program, so really close relationships with that organization. Well, Gary launched this NFT project to say, I'm gonna show everyone how you build community through NFTs. Really educated me on NFTs and crypto as a result. Having a conference called VCon, V-E-E-C-O-N dot I-O or dot C-O if you want to look it up. And this is the culmination of this community building in the first stage. If you bought an NFT, you got a ticket to VCon for three years. And that's how we got people over the hump to say like, hey, if you buy this NFT and trust me with this, you at least get three years at this conference that you trust I'm going to put on. And if you go down the speaker list, your thumb's going to get sore because he's got everybody from Snoop Dogg, <laughs> right? From Snoop Dogg to like congressmen. Really, we have that, right. that broad spoke and popular culture. So I'm going to be on the ground there um, from Thursday to Sunday and just really soaking in what um, the utility of NFTs and the community around NFTs and looking at one of the most cutting edge conferences that exists so i'm going to be soaking it all up to you know as we do we're bringing that back to auto you know it <laughs> bring it on back that's right yeah we're we may or may not be planning something for mid-september that uh we'll probably take a few cues from from what gary v is doing out uh, just there for a, sure just a few already have taken a few cues so excited about that i'll try to post uh on my social channels and try to get some stuff back to a so a so do social channels too because i'm sure there's going to be automotive application there because there's retail application there so we're going to do that yep. Um, don't want to take too much time on that, but yeah, we're excited to be a part of that. Um, just and bring that into automotive because that's what we do. Um, yeah. So I, I don't think sure. we can do a segue in in the intro host notes. I almost did one, but um, yeah. we could. I guess we can do what we want. It's our show. Um, automotive news. Want to give some props and thanks to Automotive News. They were named the 2021 Magazine of the Year by the American Society of Business Publication Editors. Right. It sounds like one of those organizations where like people really know what they're doing. And they really yeah. do know what they're doing. And they said, basically, Automotive News um, was one of the, well, was the best. They gave them the award for, uh, we have a quote from the article, award was given in the category of publications that produce 12 or more issues per year. So it's a print publication award. 
Um, they say entrants are judged based on quality of writing, reporting, editing, uh, value of usefulness to the reader, editorial organization, and interaction with readers, as well as layout and design. I think for all of us who rely on automotive news on a regular basis to keep us informed and read the print version, can really appreciate uh, why they got the award. So thanks to Casey Crane and our friends at Automotive News for just doing a stellar job of keeping us all together. I mean, yeah, really. exactly. I mean, we we just, I mean, if you know our everything that we do, there's so much uh, that we just we watch and listen, and they're they're providing some of that first take news, and that we get to give context and bring to our readership, the podcast, all that. So kudos to that crew. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's get into this first story, Kyle. Um, you, this was uh, the lead in our email today, and if you don't get our have email, we yeah. have an email that we send out every day, Monday through Friday, asotu.com. Subscribe to the email. You won't be disappointed. Um, it, is, it might be the best read you have every day. In just a few minutes, you can get a, a good, a good uh, smattering of automotive news, culture news, retail news, and uh, some really well-curated gifts and memes, I might add. That is, that is absolutely true. <laughs> that may be true. the biggest reason to get it. So Half the people only get it because they love the gifts. That's so, it. They well, don't even read the words. We'll it's, take it. We'll take it. They, we'll they know. It. We always say it's no, like, how you the make lead was feel. that a, a research firm, uh, Escalant, who uh, does uh, market research for a bunch of different verticals, uh, did a research study that, that showed that consumers actually preferred dealerships, which uh, it was like, for me, it was like, wait, what? We'll do another one. This is. Awesome, it's right? like three stopper. <laughs> well, and and this is what was cool is uh, a lot of the research that was done was they were intentional about finding customers that didn't already have experience purchasing from uh, like a brand like uh, from Tesla or from a direct to consumer purchase. Right. So method. basically, what you're saying is they weeded out the people who are just enthusiasts. Right? Exactly. We're Which, if you level think the about it. Field. A direct-to-consumer purchase model is still a very early adopter purchase model, right? And so you are going to be going after a very segmented portion of the market. And so they they intentionally surveyed 80% of people that weren't in that bucket. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really important because what you're saying is like, okay, this is more of what consumers are experiencing. And uh, the vice president of Escalant said this, what we found pretty overwhelmingly is that consumers prefer to buy their vehicles from dealerships. They want to do test drives to touch and feel and see vehicles. When we look at the macro picture, whoa, this is this quote, ready? Everybody better like key in on this. If you're listening, write it down, rewind, all this type of stuff. He said, when we look at the macro picture, the idea that car buying is going to move entirely online is fundamentally flawed. Let's go. Let's go. And I agree. I think, and we've we've seen this and heard this kind of start to come in it's like yes people are going to do some discovery work they're going to complete some steps online but the reality is is that people are relying on dealerships for financing delivery service and repairs they want to be uh utilizing the dealership staff for an education level right and we're not we're not saying that and they're not saying and we're also not saying that no one wants to buy a car completely online right we're not saying that but we're that, saying that the survey says most that the majority people. of consumers are still interested in that type of information gathering. And I think that leaning in and not just saying like, oh, yeah, we won, but leaning in and going, oh, 
they actually want an experience. They mm-hmm. want to be educated. They they want to rely on people for that relationship building in order to get engage in this purchase is really important for dealers to hear as kind of like that spur on to continue engaging and enhancing and 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 purifying that purchase and ownership experience. Yeah, keep do, keep doing that work. This is a great shot in the arm. Um, for everyone who is on the ground and knows this to be true already and might be constantly frustrated with that rhetoric that you hear. Everyone wants to buy online. I just want to buy it just like I buy a a pair of headphones on Amazon. Like, that's just not true. (laughs) Right. It's just not true. Yep. Right. Well, we need to to focus on making Amazon. We need to focus on making Amazon, Apple, Verizon. All of those companies know that there is a value in brick and mortar research and purchasing. Mm -hmm. And so that's why they're leaning back into them in different ways. Some are succeeding, some are failing. Um, But dealerships have a prime opportunity to continue to succeed in that customer relationship. It's like we need to make it easy enough to purchase like that if you want to. But know that it's not going to go that way, right? It's like you can still pursue that ease of use. Because that's just one less thing that's in the way of a great experience. Um, speaking of go. things that are in the way. Segway. Time. You know, there used to be this thing in the way of you just getting in someone else's car and driving away called a physical key. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, a, a hacker revealed, uh, a good natured hacker will say, uh, a method to gain entry and start certain Tesla models, specifically Model 3s and certain Model Ys. um, Basically, this hack would allow a thief to unlock the vehicle, start it, speed away, according to Sultan Kazim Khan, principal security consultant at Manchester, UK security firm, NCC Group, by redirecting communications between a car owner's mobile phone or key fob and the car, outsiders can fool the system into thinking the owner is located physically near the car, says the Bloomberg News Story. Uh, they, wow. they made the hack known to Tesla, right? Like all good hackers like, Hey, we found this out. You need to fix it. Tesla hasn't responded yet, but you know, so at first, right. The first response is like, I knew it. I knew it. It's going to be like a, a scene out of like a, you know, like a, a spy thriller where you just go up and do 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 car unlocks you get in and drive away. But it yep. turns out the technology is, is low Bluetooth, low energy mode. BL it's called BLE. Um, and it basically fools the vehicle to think the owner's in the proximity and it's kind of a problem on just about everything that uses that same technology. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's not a unique problem. And we've, anytime you introduce new technology and, and to, to be clear, this is still fairly new technology, you're going to run into issues with access. Yeah. Right. And I mean, we're, we're seeing this across any technologies. We're starting to see that, you know, NFTs and blockchain actually have people getting in and, and starting to mess with, um, you know, uh, private information and things like that. And so it's just, I, I think it's a, it's a good gap that, that we're learning from and that others will need to learn from. And, and manufacturers have to realize that they are not just, um, you know, vehicle manufacturers, they're data companies. And if they recognize that, have a really, really strong information technology arm, uh, that it's, it's just important. Like you have to be not just a vehicle manufacturer anymore. You have to be a sound technology company that understands data, understands technology, understands the connected world and understands everything that a hacker might desire to do with a massive piece of software. That's Wi-Fi connected at all times. I mean, you know, it's just, it's just a whole new world. You know, now that I'm thinking about it a little bit more, 
Like, it's like, oh, they hacked the car, right? It's a little bit shocking news in the beginning. We're like, well, think back in the day, like with old steering columns. And it used to just be really simple. It was like a crowbar and a screwdriver. Right. <laughs> yep. They sold them at yeah, every it's home. Still, I mean, look, like it's still really a normal hard. person isn't walking around like, oh, hacked into a Tesla, right? This is still. And look, if, they, if they're going to get your Tesla. Security consultant at a right? security firm, right? Right. They're going to get your Tesla. They're going to get your Tesla, right? At least you'll know exactly. where it is. And I'm sure the Tesla people can just shut it down, right? Like lock your iPhone. I'm sure you can lock the Tesla. Yep. Um, you would think so. Yeah. You you would think so. Actually, they don't want to talk about that either. You mean you could just kill the Tesla, like wherever it is? Yeah. <laughs> and pretty much every uh, other car right now, too, by the way. Um, <laughs> let's move into some more retail retail news. Um, Home Depot uh, released their Q1, uh, Q1 news, and they said they actually had fewer transactions, 8.2% less transactions, but... Consumers were spending 11.4% more per ticket, mainly citing rising costs in inflation. So what does this mean for us, Kyle? Yeah, this, this, means, that, this means that everybody is selling less things for more money. And Which means like consumers are buying less things. Yes, consumers are buying less things. Uh, and I think that we're seeing this in the automotive industry. I don't think anybody is kidding themselves that they're crushing record volume numbers right now. No, record revenue numbers. About new cars. Right. Revenue numbers, exactly. Um, but we're continuing to see this question mark about how that's impacting inflation, how that's uh, impacting consumer sentiment uh, initially. Um, but when you, when you think about uh, everything that Home Depot is, which is um, – for, for the most part, Home Depot is people doing extra things above and beyond what they typically would. Um, it's not like, like you don't go to Home Depot to get your groceries, like the regular everyday stuff. You're doing projects, doing, mm -hmm. you know, additional things. So it means that people are still, you know, consuming those additional entertainment or luxury items. And so recognizing that in the market from a retail mindset, that people are still engaged in that type of purchase behavior but also recognizing that consumer sentiment is continuing to, to dwindle when high prices are the reality for anything outside of, you know, the normal everyday uh, purchase items. Yeah. I mean, it, there, there will be a balance. I still fully haven't reconciled it in my head with, with the revenue growth still gets people excited about seeing revenue growth. Yep. Like Home Depot stocks were, I mean, their shares were like up 4% on the news. Um, I still, and maybe just because I'm not uh, as savvy enough economist, but I still don't see how that's exciting news, right? Less people are walking in the door. They're spending more money. But 11%, you know, like whatever, you know, you want to agree what the inflation number is, it's around that, <laughs> right? Especially if you've right. ever tried to buy yep. a piece of plywood. You know it's a lot more than 8 point whatever percent in, that's in Without the news. A doubt. So it's like I, I still don't know how this is going to fall out, but you know we've been we've been beating this drum a little bit over the last couple of weeks, talking about affordability becoming a front and center issue, and it is you know we're just kind of get a pass right now because of supply, but really paying attention to what that is and looking for more ways to save your consumers money, maybe even through partnerships with other local businesses because um, this is uh, what the retail indicators are all telling us. So uh, we got one more story, and this is a fun one because it's about uh, a, a dear friend. So Automotive News uh, featured um, a good friend of mine who's been a friend for a long time and a friend of a so do Greg Sioka, senior of the Sioka, Sioka um, Automotive or Sioka dealerships in Lehigh Valley, um, Pennsylvania, upstate Pennsylvania, and now New Jersey. 
and talking about acquisitions and dealer consolidation keep rolling. Dealership consolidator Greg Sioko wants to double his store count to 50 within five years. And he says acquisition opportunities are coming fast and furious in today's buy-sell market. I can validate that. There hasn't been a time where I've been in his office where he hasn't been like, like I'm getting calls every day with people saying, hey, would you buy my stores? Um, he just purchased the, the, the country's largest, highest volume Corvette dealership, I think it's in Atlantic City. And side really? multiple, yeah. And, and, you know, has multiple purchase agreements in, in, uh, in action. And really the, the story behind this story is just one example. Um, just saying that 2021 was an insane year for acquisitions. Uh, this auto news article counted 640 stores over the previous high of 463 in 2015. It was nuts. Yeah, and we knew that. And obviously yeah, that, now that, like everything's kind of fa right. falling out and shaking out. Um, but I think we're still seeing that. I, most dealers that I talk to that have over three or four stores, right, are interested in acquisitions. Yeah. And we know that uh, companies like Lithia and Asbury and the, and the, and the majors are – are continuing to press into that. They've they've stated it, made it known that they are act after consolidation and after acquisition. But these, you know, these mid-level, I mean, you've got, uh, you know, these 20, 25, 30 store groups that are looking to get to that 50 to 70 mm -hmm. group size because they recognize the advantage in having a regional impact, um, you know, creating a brand across a region and, you know, doing things like what Lithia is doing and Asbury are doing with these, with these, you know, national brands regionally. And so I think we're just going to continue to see that advance. And, you know, it's interesting because last year, a lot of the acquisitions were extremely high purchase prices because all of the sellers were excited about be being in a seller's market, right? Where, mm -hmm where they were getting all the money for their stores. And I think the money's still going to return, still going to be there long term. But there's a potential during any sort of, you know, this this uh, like potential recession that we're that we're headed into in the next six to 12 months, you know, actually lowering the value of these and it being a buyer's market. Yeah. And these buyers that are looking to acquire stores actually acquiring stores quicker because of you know, an easier access to funds as the recession hits, interest rates drop again, and all of a sudden you see a, a, another wave of this. So I don't think this is going away in the next three to five years. I think we're going to continue to see a, a, an acceleration of consolidation. That's a lot of big words in one sentence. As I say that three times fast. <laughs> the article um, basically says, it, it, there's a little map. I don't know if we have it to throw up or if we've already put it up. Top states in the acquisition, Texas, California, New York, Colorado, and Florida in that order, are the top ones. But you can see there's a lot of green on this map. And the green is, um, is kind of like third. So like you have the reds, most acquisitions, the yellow, second most, and the green, third most. So it's pretty spread out across the country. Um, the public, we don't have this in the notes, but I think it was like nine point something billion that the big publics spent on consolidation. And the trend seems to be continu continuing. And the trend is this, it's get bigger or get out, right? Yep. Most of the acquisitions were actually single store acquisitions, the majority of them, which doesn't, right? It's not a surprise. So, I mean, if you're, if you're in this mode, like you already know this, right? You have to be bigger and savvier to compete at a broader scale. And uh, hey, there's a lot of resources and people around you, wink, wink, that will help you do that. <laughs> Here's here's my encouragement is to Do all it. of those, especially like mid uh, mid, you know, small to mid sized groups um, as you grow intentionally focus on support at a corporate level 
in order to drive home the relationship at a local level. And I think that if, if those dealership groups, those, you know, 15 to 50 store groups can really understand how to, uh, how to leverage the support at a, at a group level that a group, you know, a group with, with scale can do, but leverage it to, to impact locally and keep that local feel. Those will be the groups that win in the end. It's, it reminds me of the bumper sticker, Kyle. Think globally, act locally. Really is it. It really is it. Well, that's it for Tuesday. As if there wasn't enough trouble to be made already. Thanks for spending a few minutes with us. Sign up for the email, a so to.com. Check us out. All our social media platforms now are kind of on fire.